hey, the intro for 200 is coming up, but uh, I forgot a couple things. So uh, use our Amazon link at milehighshow.com. It takes you to your Amazon page, lets you shop away. You're going to be shopping online anyway. You might as well use our link. It's free, doesn't cost you anything extra, and it uh, gives us a little kickback, a little taste there at the end of every month, Amazon gives us a little something-something. So uh, do that. It allows me to run around, pay for gas, pay for drinks, pay for food for our guests, and pay for uh, fancy little microphones like the one I'm talking to now. So use that Amazon link at milehighshow.com. You can see all our old episodes there. Use that Contact Us page and support the pay, uh, support the show page at milehighshow.com, where you could give us a, a rating and a review on iTunes. You can give us a comment. You can give us a, an email. Let us know what you think. So please use those so that uh, about covers it. Yeah, contact us page, uh, support the show page, and Amazon link. Use that Amazon link. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything, and it'll save me from showing up at your house trying to borrow money. So uh, listen to the show. Well, thank you for tuning in. This is Matt Santos of The Mile High Show. You're listening to episode number 200. Now, we had thought about doing something, something special for uh, 200. We've got something in the works. we got a few projects coming up that, uh, that will be special events. So stay tuned. A couple of live shows and a couple other things. We just couldn't get them locked in before we did 200. So... Uh, like uh, everything else I do, it'll be out of order and uh, a little confused. But our 200th episode will be coming up shortly in addition to this 200th episode. So uh, what I am doing today is sitting down with uh, one of our local musicians and singer-songwriters, Mr. Dave Whitley, over at the Birdcage Saloon in Prescott, Arizona on Whiskey Row. Dave uh, hosts a every Wednesday show here at the Birdcage, so we're going to be talking about it, and he's walking over right now. See, I was going to do an intro, but uh, we might as well just jump right into it, Dave. Grab Sorry. that. No, no, it's fine. Sorry about that, man. Grab that mic and really eat it. Get it in close. Yeah, right. Give me a quick sound check there. All right. Will that work? Oh, uh, that's right perfect. That's perfect. So what I was doing, Dave, was doing my, uh, my intro because you... Our episode number 200. Oh. Now, I had wanted to do something special for 200. We do we do live shows every once in a while. We set up the stage and do live music and have a full audience and everything. Right on. But I am, uh, I'm not organized, so my 200th celebration will probably be in a few weeks. But... <laughs> I am I am thankful that you uh, you were able to sit down because this is going to be a, a great episode because I've been wanting to sit down and talk to you for a little bit anyway. Well, thank so, you very much. First, nice to be here. First, day, I was telling telling the listeners where we're sitting. We're at the Birdcage Saloon. Yes. On Prescott's Whiskey Row, the best place to find info on the cage it seems to be is the Facebook page. Is that right? Yes. So just look in the links there. We've got a link right there. But what do you do over here? I was watching you. Are you running all sound over here for well, the cage? Well, I, I am the sound guy at the Birdcage. I work here Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays doing sound for the bands. Now, where can folks find out about you? Do you got a website, social media, anything other than I have Facebook a Facebook page? page, that's it. All right, so under Dave Whitley? Yep. And we'll, we'll put a link right there. Now, how long have you been hanging out here at the cage? I've been working at the cage for about four and a half years. 
four and a half years. So yeah. when when did when was this location? I believe they opened here like five. I was going to say it was right around there because I remember I covered, I used to work for the papers out here, Uh the Courier and the Review and stuff, and I covered the fire that is now our the courtyard. What is it? The The holiday courtyard. Holiday courtyard. Yeah, (laughs) that's where we used to go hang out at the cage. Yeah, and I knew it was right around there. It was a little bit before you started working here. Yeah, Um, yeah, they opened about a year before I started. Okay, now give me give me your little snapshot bio. Where what's hometown for you? I was born in Lewiston, Maine. Maine? Yeah. Okay. Lewiston is kind of south central. And, uh, and then I grew up in Lovell, Maine, which is right on the New Hampshire border. Yeah. Got married when I was 17. We moved out to Colorado, had a couple of kids, stayed out there, moved back to New England. But uh, I've been here in Prescott since about 90. Oh, it's been a while. Four. What took you to Colorado? Well, we decided that we did not want to live in Maine. <laughs> Why? Like, oh, there was a Maine. couple of reasons. Well, I've yeah. never been to yeah. Maine. What's <laughs> what, what I know about Maine is when I see like movies and people talk a little funny and they're they're a little more well, laid Maine's back. Maine's awesome. A it's, a, it's a really, really, really beautiful place. Yeah. It's great. What, what was like the it. town like? What was it again? The town I I grew up in as a teenager is Lovell. 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 Lovell, like like the astronaut guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, during the uh, during the winter, the population about six hundred. Oh wow! During the summer, population about eighteen hundred. It's a small uh, town. Uh, harsh winters. Very, yeah, yeah, very long cold winters. So what was uh, what was the summers like? Where the tourists come? Summers in? were awesome. They were beautiful. Yeah. Mild, uh, not kind of, a little there, a not, little hot and muggy. Yeah. But uh, we lived on uh, the town of Lovell exists because of uh, Keezer Lake, which is an eleven mile long lake. Oh wow! And beautiful lake. With a bunch of resorts on it, so during oh, the nice. summer there's people all over the lake, you know. And, but nice. we had uh, we had two convenience stores, one gas station, one small hardware store, and so it's the that pa- was it. It's the Paulden of the uh, yes. of the far eastern northeastern coast. <laughs> Just as many rednecks too. Yeah. <laughs> no, you guys see, I live in uh, I live in Chino Valley. Oh yeah. Now do you know you, you for listeners? I don't know where you're listening from. We got a lot of listeners local, but we we got a lot back east in that too. Um, Chino Valley, about four or five years ago, USA Today did a poll. I don't know if you know about this. No. USA did a poll, and they ranked uh, the redneck capital of the Southwest, and they had this chart. And Chino Valley is the redneck capital of the Southwest. Wow. They voted. They That's an honor. They, yeah. ba- they based it on. You guys must be proud. They, well, yeah. check this out. They based it on uh, uh, annual ca- uh, per capita income, per capita sc- uh, school scores, you know, scholastic scores, the ratio of mobile homes to site built homes. Um, what else? Oh, number of gun shops per capita. Oh, well. Yeah. And where I grew up, see, I grew up on the West Coast. And g- growing up, you know, early 70s, mid-70s, uh, when somebody was called a redneck, it was viewed as an insult. They embraced it. The, sure. ma- the mayor put a big redneck sticker on his truck. <laughs> One of the councilmen printed out these redneck capital of the, uh, of the Southwest bumper stickers. He can't give them away fast enough. People love it. So I, I just have to adjust my thinking. I didn't know it was a badge of courage, but I guess, well, I guess, I, but I guess it is. I guess in certain areas it is. But, man, yeah, it was, it was quite a culture shock for me. But Colorado, what, what town did you end up in Colorado? 
Well, we lived in Denver. Denver? Yeah. From, oh, uh, so you went from small to big city. Yes. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we moved to Denver in, uh, what would have been about 1980. Yeah. My oldest son was born in 81. Oh, nice. We moved back to New England in probably 83. Yeah. Stayed Why'd you there. go back? Well, you went. It, it was home. Yeah. We, uh, and it, it was fine. I worked on a dairy farm there for years. One oh, of the, neat. One of my favorite jobs I ever had. I loved it. No, um, yeah, my my introduction to you is when I've seen you play and stuff as a singer songwriter. Yes, that's what I know. Yes, have you always been playing? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, uh, I grew up in a pretty musical family. My, yeah, my grandmother and grandfather were both professional musicians. Oh, nice. What type and, of uh, music? Honky tonk. Yeah, nice. Like dance stuff. They did piano very and violin. Cool. They played like little dance halls. And, oh, very and nice. So, when, and, how old were you when you picked up your first instrument? Oh, 10, maybe. Yeah? With guitar? Spoons. Spoons. Percussions. Keeping keep time. Yeah, yeah, with my grandfather. Spoons and bones and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you still... And then I got a guitar. But you I, still beating? You still no. playing drums? No? No. Huh? But um, I started taking guitar seriously and writing songs probably about 83 or 4. Yeah, so after you had kids, what yeah. was... If to compare yourself, what what line of music, what style is you is would you classify yourself as? Oh, country Americana. Country Americana, yeah. My my heroes are like John Prine, Towns Van Zandt, oh, nice. Blaze Foley, that, nice that kind of stuff. How you doing on your paps? You oh, another I'm beer? Okay. No, I'm good. Thank you. Hey, Manny, you want to get one? I got, we gotta give a little plug. This is a little commercial. Matt Hinshaw, cool. he hosts the Real Real Film Nerds podcast. Cool. And so this is, check him out, Real Film Nerds, realfilmnerds.com. You, you wanna go get a smoke? I'll come right back. No, we'll put, well let me let me pause it. And we'll I'll grab myself a beer too. Oh cool. All right, Dave, you're done filling your lungs. Yes. I got my glass over there. So we were talking about you your trips from from Maine to Colorado right to the and Southwest. then back. Yeah. You started writing songs. I, uh, uh, after your after your son was born, how many kids you got? First I off, have two kids. How did that son and daughter, or two sons, what two sons, two sons, two boys, Aaron and David. How did that? Do you think that corresponded with you writing songs with the birth um, of your kids or no? No, I had always tried to write songs yeah. and played guitar and sang and and hung out with friends and jammed and whatnot. Um, but when uh, I'm going to say right at, the, right at the end of my marriage, my first marriage last yeah. 11 years, I started taking it way more seriously. When I moved out of the house, I had a lot of time on my hands. Yeah. And uh, I went to, started going to some open mics around North Conway, New Hampshire, and, and yeah. one in particular, Cafe Zoom Zoom, that was there in North Conway, New Hampshire at the time. What, what was it? Cafe Zoom Zoom? Yeah, Cafe Zoom Does Zoom. Does that have some history? Because that sounds um, familiar. No, 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 it was like in a strip mall. Okay. In uh, in North Conway, New Hampshire. But, We're uh, back to the porn strip mall. No, different yeah. kind. No, okay. <laughs> no, we didn't have a strip club. <laughs> but um, there was a guy there, Bob Rutherford. Yeah. I started playing at his uh, songwriter showcase, and he was really encouraging and told me that my songs had some merit. Yeah. That I I was writing good songs, and I started to take it a little bit more seriously and. Within a few years, I decided, yeah, I'm a songwriter. Nice. Very nice. Do you primarily perform now? Let's give it a plug because 
you're going to be on the stage with my good friend Jim Sobo yes. over it. We're going to we're going to plug another bar here at the Birdcage. My good friend Jim. Yeah, but that the, the good thing about the Prescott music scene is the way that all the musicians work good together. At least from a fan, from an outsider, it seems to be, and the clubs also. There's no territorial thing. Some of the people that play here play at Mark's Beer Garden, where you yeah. where you'll be Friday night. It's yes. not very territorial. There's some you can walk up and down the row wherever you want and hear some great music. Yes. On Friday, which is depending on when I put this up, will be tonight. Blah blah. I don't know when it is. February first, I think. Right. Yes, February first. You're going to be on stage with Jim Sobo of yes. the Howling Coyote Tour, yes. who's a frequent guest on this show and also takes over the mic periodically and does the Howling Coyote Radio Hour. Oh, right on. on our feed. Uh, and. Uh, Arizona royalty, yes. <laughs> Lori McDonald. Lori McDonald. Uh, Combo Deluxe is one her, of my favorite yeah. friends, an absolutely wonderful person. So, you're, are you guys all doing solo sets? You yes. gonna jam together? What's going on? Um, no, none of that has been planned. Uh, yeah, we'll each be doing two half-hour sets, I believe. Do you They'll prefer? Be staggered. Do you prefer to play solo? I do actually. Yeah. Um, have you played in groups? Oh, I have. Yeah, I have. I've been in a few bands, and here in town. Uh, I play with Dallas Norman from... Uh, Who um, will be here tonight, correct? Yes. Yeah, Along he, with Bennett? Bobby Bob Bennett. Bennett. I'm not familiar yeah. with Bob. I know Dallas. He, he's a good Americana yeah. songwriter. I like him a lot. I want to get into what you do here every Wednesday. We'll get yes. there. Trust me, we'll yes. get there. I, I talk to a lot of folks, a lot of musicians, some who are members of some larger bands, some touring bands. Uh, and then they do some solo stuff. Others who strictly solo. Yeah. And uh, other than uh, other than having to split up the check, what are some of the advantages of performing solo? Well, the type of music that I play tends to be really on the mellow side. So even when I do play with other people, like I play with Dallas and Ennis Beatles from the Cheek Tones. Yeah. We do a three piece. So Ennis, it's man- I love him, man. Ma- mandolin, so guitar, and violin, and we've done that for years, like yeah. fifteen years. Um, but yeah, I'm a I'm a singer songwriter, mellow kind of player. I when there's too much going on around me, I find it distracting. Yeah. How do you can you do you feel yourself getting more focused when you're solo up there, one mic, the guitar? I think so. I think yeah. I, I think it's easier to just plug into what you're doing. And nice, nice. There's something about... Plus I, plus, I don't think people like working with me. <laughs> That's why this is a solo podcast. I don't have a co-host. Maddie over here, he's got a co-host, his best friend. But they're separated by like 3,000 miles, so I understand that. I've been to his house. Uh, I, I can't get a co-host because it's hard enough to corral a guest to sit down and talk to me, <laughs> let alone have somebody uh, attach their name to my, my show as well. Um, one of the beautiful things that I really enjoy about this part of the state, the Prescott music scene in particular, but also out in the Verde, is the music that I've seen over the years and through my lifetime was in a larger metro, some big arena shows and stuff, some great smaller clubs and that, but in specifically Prescott, but in this part of the state, you can walk into a place like the Birdcage, like Mark's Beer Garden, and you're three feet away from a musician, a singer-songwriter. Yes. And that intimacy of hearing these stories, hearing these, uh, these songs, 
and watching how they present them is just such a treat that you don't get. Even in a small club of one of my favorite places to go is the Rhythm Room down in oh, sure. down I in Phoenix. Yeah. But still, it's a club and it's, you know, there's a, it's a there's a different vibe when you're sitting at a place like the Cage or at Marks when you're right there next to the artist and watching them sometimes create right there on the spot doing a song on a Tuesday night that they didn't do the same on a, the previous Thursday. It's a completely different vibe sometimes. And to watch them to create. Have you played larger clubs, larger stages? Oh, oh yeah. What's the difference for you as a, as a performer, as an artist? And do you have a preference? Well, I find that the, uh, the larger the audience that I'm playing for, the less self-conscious I am. Yeah. The less I, I sort of disconnect and I f- pretend that there's nobody out there. Gotcha. Um, the hardest thing for me to do is sit in a living room and play to two yeah. people. Have you yeah. done like living room shows? Oh, sure. I, yeah. Actually, here in Prescott, I've done a lot of private oh, neat. house parties. Yeah. Nice. But you, you, a little more. I, I don't know that I can win because when I've done these type of shows, like I said, we're, we're sitting here now, there's eight people in the place. Yes. And, you know, we got. One guy staring right at us, but for the most part, nobody's paying. <laughs> for the most part, nobody's really paying attention. Right. But we have done, like I said, some larger shows. All right, thanks, Manny. We have seen done some larger shows where we have a stage set up. We've had 70, 80 people in the audience, and I do some performing on stage right on. in other aspects. Um, and that's difficult for me because I'm used to doing things. I'm used to. I, I'm a, a photographer by trade. So yes. I'm always behind the camera. I could be in a 50,000-person arena, you know, coliseum, but they're not there for me. They're watching what I'm shooting. Right. So it's kind of an afterthought. Right. Or at our arena here in Prescott Valley, you know, packed out, it's 5,000. I'm on the floor shooting the event, but they're looking at the event. Yes. When I go up on stage, I do some stand-up and things. When I go up on stage and they're looking at me, I have to pick out, one person in the audience talk to them for a couple of minutes, then talk to this person. If I think of the room as a whole, I freeze. I can't do it. It's, I'm the same way. Yeah. I, uh, if, if I can notice somebody that's paying attention to listening to me play, I'll focus my energy on yeah. watching them instead of the whole room. Because sometimes when you're playing bars, you know, it can get really loud. People are yeah. talking as loud as you're playing. and. The That's beauty of this, this, this specific bar, this stage at the Birdcage, is people are so geared to hearing music here. Yes. You could walk in on a sa- Sunday afternoon, or you can yes. walk in on a, you know, like a Thursday afternoon. Place is jam-packed, people drinking, people having a great time. They're, they're hanging out in a bar. That's yeah. what they do, especially in the summertime when there's things going on in the square. And then, bye-bye. When you... When the music plugs in, when the musician turns on the amp and plugs in his guitar or whatever he's playing, right? he or she, and starts to play, what happens in this room specifically is all attention's focused on that stage. Yep. Because of the level of talent that we have locally and we, that goes up on that we stage. Do get, we yeah. do get some great bands, and, we're, yeah. and we get some uh, touring acts, too, that's yeah. very interesting to have. Uh, we, we have a guy coming in this Tuesday night from New York. Taz Cruz is the name. Yes, I saw that in the uh, in, in the hallway there. We don't normally have live music on Tuesday nights. This is a special show. I think yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. 
I've never seen the guy play, but I watched a bunch of his videos and been nice. corresponding with him a little bit. I think it's going to be a great show. Now, one of the treats here is every Thursday, our friend Don Cheek Don Cheek's open mic. runs an open mic. Yes. And when I open mic, I'm doing that in quotation marks because yes. it's open in the sense it's open for any musicians to come in and play. Yep. But like I said, growing up in the metro area and, and covering, photographing, and writing about a lot of musicians over the years at great venues in San Francisco and Oakland in Berkeley. I walked into the open mic for Don Cheek a few, quite a few years ago. I've been out here since, oh, since 2004, 04. And it wasn't long. I, 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 wanted, I don't know. Maybe it was eight years ago I came into the, to the open mic on a Thursday night. That's a ticketed show. In most metro areas, the level of talent that was on that stage. Right on. And that's an open mic. That's a, hey, can I play? <laughs> Sign up. And then the way Don runs it just blew me away. I was floored by the level of talent that was on that stage. If that happens once a year, once every six months in another place, that makes headlines. In here, it's every week. Every week. Yeah. And it's preceded every Wednesday by a show you run that is... Our songwriters open. Songwriter. Talk about why, how long have you been doing that and why you're doing it. Oh, we what started, was the, what we was started the it about a year ago, but um, recently, within the last few months, we've, uh, we're, we're trying to improve it. We're trying to draw a little more interest to it, and we got a little big bigger budget for it so now yeah. we have features each week we can you're, we can, hi, you're highlighting a specific when you, artist uh, when you get to feature you get paid a small amount of money to do a 40 minute set um, but otherwise it's an open mic format for songwriters people do covers I do I do some covers yeah. but um, but everyone that will be playing on a Wednesday night does have their own material gotcha and then in addition to who else is on the, on the bill right. there's one or two that are featured, right? We have the. Who, who we have are the, some of the names that you've that you've been able to highlight? We've had some great ones. We, it's been fun. Marco has been here. Marco a Donnelly. couple of times. Yeah, Marco Donnelly. That guy, not um, not only an excellent musician, an artist, but an, a visual artist as yes. well. The guy's incredible. We recently we had Michael in Maryland. I should have had a list of. No, no, that's fine because because um, we, we we want people to come in and find out. It's almost like a good surprise. Let's let's come in and see. Yeah, we've had good features every week. Uh, Coming up um, next week, I think, let's see if I'm getting my dates right. The 6th, we have uh, Sky Conroe. Sky Daddy? Yeah, Sky Daddy. He used to host the show for me as well. Yeah, Yeah, he's all right. Sky's okay. No, I'm just kidding. He's one of my uh, favorite people in the world. And then Brad Newman's going to be the week after him. Very nice. I'm sure you know Brad. Yeah. Um, We've had Gary Ukra. We've had Don Cheek. Now, Gary, I'm going to interject here. One of my favorite songwriters. Gary is terrifying to me. Really? He comes up on this podcast more so than any other musician in the area. Well, he's one of the best. Yeah, he is. And he's, I say that he's jokingly. He's kind of the real deal. I say yeah. that jokingly that he terrifies me because I'll tell you why. I've, <coughs> I've photographed Gary with, in various incarnations, mainly with the cheek tones, where he's drumming, where mm-hmm. he's sitting down in the... Behind the skins, drumming for the cheek tones. Yes. Gary's very intense. Yes. And when I'm photographing them, more often than not, he will look at me like I just kicked his puppy. (laughs) He has that intense look. 
And I was sitting down with one of the he's he traveling now and I think he's gone back to Louisiana, Baton Rouge where he was based, West Williams. Sure. I was doing a I've worked right with here. West many times. We yeah. were recording right here and I said and that we started talking about some of the musicians. And I said, you know that Gary, he's a I've talked to him. But he just looks at me so intense. It gets it's a little chill on my neck. Huh. And Wes goes, well, you know he's right behind you, right? And I turn around, <laughs> and sure enough, Gary's right behind me. I just mentioned his name. A couple months later, I'm over at Granite Mountain Brewery, and I get to talk. I, I, wanna, I don't remember exactly who. I want to say it was Drew Hall. Okay. I said, Drew. And Gary's name came up, and I says, last time I mentioned his name, the guy came right, and I look up, and he's walking in the door. A couple months after that, Jokingly, I said, "You know what? I'll, I'm over at the Raven recording with somebody else." I said, "All I got to do is mention Gary's name, and he pop." Oh, sure enough, he comes walking in. Well, I don't know what it's spooky and it's scary. Yes, and I have yet to have Gary on the show, but he has been mentioned probably more than any other musician in this town. I'm waiting for him to come walking in right now, which really is not impossible. He comes in here all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but he is one of the most intense-looking guys and one of the most talented musicians around. For me, as a songwriter, I think Gary is one of the most interesting songwriters that I've ever heard. Yeah. Especially around Prescott. He has an amazing voice. Yeah. Amazing pitch control. His guitar playing is simple but really elegant. Yes. And he's a great performer. Yeah. And I, he and I do shows together a lot where we'll just swap sets. Because neither yeah. one of us want to do a four-hour show. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll take a four-hour day and split it up. Yeah. Now, what I'm going to do when we're done talking here is I'm going to yes. uh, the the your singer-songwriter showcase starts in a little bit here, seven thirty, yeah. and we're going to have Dallas Norman and 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 Bob Bennett, yes. Bob, right? Correct. Yeah, Bob and Okay, yeah. they're going to be playing. Yeah, I'm going to capture some audio of that. That's cool. going to be, and I don't know what it'll be. That's going to be our intro. That's going to be our outro music. Cool. So tell, we've talked about some of the artists that you've had. Talk a little bit about why you think it's important to do this Wednesday, every Wednesday, 7.30 at the Birdcage, the Singer-Songwriter Showcase hosted by you yourself, Dave Whitley. Why is it important to have that? Because we can hear great music, and there's great musicians. We can go down the street and hear nine different versions of Mustang Sally. Which is great. It's fun. It's fun stuff yeah. to listen to. Yeah. We can hear the uh, the um, tribute bands at the Elks, and they are fabulous. Yep. If you want to see see that, we can see the um, great you know different venues around here where the great dance bands, some fifties bands, Sky himself, yeah. great songwriter, also a great tribute band for Johnny Cash. There's, why is it important that we have a showcase for original music for singer-songwriters? Why is that so important? Most open mics tend to be kind of busy, like our open mic uh-huh. here. Um, it's busy. People get up and jam with each other and all that kind of stuff. We discourage that here on Wednesdays. We're interested in, in hearing the song. Yeah. For me, the ideal thing is the, the performer and their instrument. And, nice. and, and that's it. It's a mellow environment. It's quiet. We, we keep it kind of low volume. And, uh, so people are here to hear to the listen, music. To listen to the songs. Yeah. And for me, that's, that's what I want. Yeah. So I, you know, 
I definitely discourage people from jumping up and playing with each other and that gotcha. kind of stuff because that's not the vibe we want. We want a, a, a mellow, safe environment. There, there's where, other venues for that. There's other yeah. nights here well, for that. Yeah, yeah. It, it happens all over town. Yeah, there's there's a jam right up the street every Wednesday. But we do yeah. not we do not conflict with each other because the people that come here for what we do are not the same people that are going up there for. for or that. When, and, and what's your time? It's it's a spot that I that I frequent. Yes. My buddies play there up at yes. Jersey Lily's yes. that jam night. Yes. Classic rock jam night and blues and everything else. Uh-huh. What we'll see a lot of times when I, because I've been up there recording as well, I'll see somebody go, hey, good to see you. Where, where are you headed? Well, I'm heading down to the birdcage. I got to hear right Dave. On. So the, the fans will float back and forth knowing they're going to get a completely different show yes. at one venue than they'll get at the other. Yeah, we're very laid back here. Supporting the local musicians, the local singer-songwriters, the local performers like yourself, and the local promoters and performers, the local venues. And that's one of the things that I really love about this Prescott music scene. You me mentioned... Too. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I just said me too. Yeah. You, you mentioned you, you concentrate on original stuff here, but you, you don't shy away from doing covers. No, I do, uh, what are I some, do some covers myself. What... what determines what you will do as a cover is it is there anything well obviously it has to be a song that i think is a great song yeah and uh and for me i like to do stuff that other people are not covering yeah i do a lot of john prine and that kind of stuff but yes. i also i do a lot of blaze foley and towns van zandt and greg brown and stuff that and lucinda williams and, yeah you know stuff yeah. that not everybody is covering nice do you try to whitleyize them Give your own spin oh, on Oh, I don't them. think I have any choice. <laughs> and I don't know as I would call it a spin. Yeah. But yeah, they end up being sounding like me. Yeah. Very nice. Nice. We're looking forward to hearing some. When you are sitting down pen to paper and writing a song, writing... I, I never put pen to paper. What do you do? How do? What's your process? When I'm doing something else. If yeah? I'm, if I'm working. Or if, if I'm out in the yard, if I'm walking around with the dog, that's when song ideas start coming into my head. And then I'll pick up the guitar and I'll start playing with verse ideas. And the way I know which verses I'm going to keep are the ones that I actually remember. <laughs> usually, usually nothing ends up on paper until I have the song. Yeah. Nice, nice. What are some of the themes that run through your songwriting? Well, is I like to write about both sides of emotion. Yeah. S- sadness and despair. Both sides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been told that I'm very dark but hopeful. Dark but hopeful. <laughs> I like that. I think that's the title of this episode is gonna be dark but hopeful. Yeah. I write a lot about traveling because I've done a lot of traveling. And we were we were yeah. talking a, a minute ago about uh, when I started taking songwriting seriously. When my wife and I divorced, uh, I went out on the road and I was doing Grateful Dead tour for a few years, and I just traveled the country in my backpack for about five you, years. So you're following the band? And uh, well, a little bit, yeah, here and there, but mostly I was just roaming around in a backpack with my guitar, and I earned my living just playing on the streets for for all that time. And that was when I started to really care about what I was doing. Let's hear some of those road stories. What anything uh, you might remember. What what were some of the more hospitable, the more welcoming towns where you were? Yeah, Buskin. Is that what you're? Yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah, Buskin. Um, well, back in back in the '90s, Prescott was very hospitable. Yeah, 
It was great here. And that was why I ended up coming around here so much. Oh, nice. Like when I, I had been up in Flagstaff, and I came down here with someone I had met there, stayed for a few days and loved it, came back, and the next thing I knew, I was coming to Prescott really frequently. Yeah. And staying for a month or two at a time and then going somewhere else. But um, I found Santa Cruz is one of my favorite oh, places. Oh, I love Santa Cruz. I, I grew up in the East Bay, Hayward, between right Oakland and San Jose there. Right on. My grandma used to live in Santa Cruz, so we would go to Santa Cruz a lot. I love that area. I like Santa Cruz. I've played on that mall for years. Yeah. Uh, Pacific Avenue or yep. whatever it is there. She was right yeah. up there on, I want to say, 39th, right 39, 37, something like that. Right. We, were, we were going there regularly, like every weekend in the, you know, 70 to 77, 78. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was a different time. Now, after, uh, into the 80s and 90s, a little different vibe, but it still has that old Santa Cruz in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. It's still there. I was just there about a year ago. Oh, nice, nice. I got to get back. I got to get back. Yeah, I like it up there. If I ever win the lottery, maybe I go live there. <laughs> I almost before we moved Very here. Very expensive. Yeah, yeah. Before we moved here, my wife and I in '04, we were living in Gilroy, south of San Jose. Uh-huh. We were there for a couple of years, and uh, just over the you know you just go west over the hill and you end up in Watsonville, which wasn't too far. You know, up the coast, we would do that little drive up there. Beautiful little area, but outside of uh, of Santa Cruz, in the into the mountains a little bit, into the hills, a little town called Felton. I love Felton. And we almost bought a house across the street from the high school in Felton. We and looked at it; it was out of our range. But for what I was making there, I, we could have we could have winged it. Yes. We opted to come here and not have that stress of every month. No, you know, making and you can note. get five times the house here exactly. Which is what we did. Felton's is awesome. That's they have a bar there. I believe it's called Don Quixote's. Is that right? You know uh, what? I don't know. I there's didn't... a little club up there that I I've seen the most amazing yeah touring, oh touring blue guys. Cool little town. Yes. And we almost did. And then about two years after we about a year after we were looking, uh, quadrupled in price. And then three years after that, tanked. Tanked. Yeah. So it was it was better for us not to do that. Now my sister in law. Last year, her and her husband and her kids moved to Felton. Right they're right in there. They're, they're renting a place there. Beautiful. So they're sending us pictures. It's a pretty area. I'm looking yeah. at those pictures going, oh, we should have bought it. <laughs> then I look at the place I got, and I go, nah, I'm happy with where yeah. I am. Yeah. But beautiful. Where, where else was fun to, to, to pull up a, a guitar case and start strumming? Well, I, uh, I enjoyed, I, I like hanging out in Austin. Oh, beautiful. But, uh, and... But any musician that lives there will tell you Austin's a great place to be from. <laughs> now, is it's, that South by hard, Southwest? Is that that's where they Austin? have that? Okay. Yeah. I've never been, but I I, I know the it's area. a tough it's a tough place to make a mutant to make a living as a musician just because there's so many. Yeah. <coughs> and high quality stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, I, let's do the flip side. Yes. Where are some places that you were glad to pack up and uh, and move on from? Oh. Oh, I don't know. I think I've had pretty good experiences just about yeah. everywhere. Um, I don't like, like, I, I avoid Los Angeles like it's yeah. the plague. Yeah. I don't even really like San Francisco for, for busking because it's too big. Yeah. I prefer to be someplace quiet. I tend to pick hours that the other buskers don't want. It, it's almost, in San Francisco, it's almost more commercial for street performers. When I was a a kid, yeah, when I was a kid, we'd go out and there'd be on every corner in the cannery and, 
and Ghirardelli Square and, and North Beach. There'd be somebody playing. I mean, you know, Robin Williams started and, doing stand-up on the corner. Shields and, and Yarnell up, uh, doing... There ends up being a lot of competition, you know, people yeah. resenting if you're at a spot too long and that yeah. kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? And then through the uh, late 70s and into the early 80s, the permitting and the licensing yes. and yes. The, the territorial and things like that, it got it just changed the vibe. I remember as a yeah. kid, you know, going out there with the family and with friends, and it was a whole different vibe. And somewhere around 78, 79, 80, it just switched. And it was like, it, it's a difference between a cool little funky farmer's market and the mall. You know, it kind of had that feeling yeah. that it got mall-like. I prefer smaller, quieter yeah. areas. So w- other than Wednesday nights at the Birdcage with your singer-songwriter showcase, which yes. tonight we're going to be hearing from Dallas Norman and Bob Bennett. Yes. Other than that, where can folks hear you on a regular basis? Do you have any um, regular gigs? Or right just now I am not, not playing outside too much. Yeah. Not, uh, I'm pretty much just working here because I'm... As we talked about earlier, I do the sound here every yeah. weekend. So my weekends are very full. Nice. And I just haven't been that inspired. Maybe I'll get inspired yeah. to start gigging more. But Well, we'll look for it. And again, when uh, excuse me, Wednesday night, 730, yes. right here, the singer-songwriter showcase at the Birdcage. Yes. 730 every Wednesday with you never know who's going to be up Dip here. Dip guests every week. So um, follow Dave at Dave Whitley yeah, on if Facebook. If you go to my Facebook, I always... Uh, I post very regularly about who our guest is going to be, and uh, and we always have posters up. Like tomorrow, yeah. the posters up will be for the next week. So, and, and depending on when my lazy butt posts this, either in two days, tomorrow, or tonight, uh, you will be on stage uh, doing a set yourself, Jim Sobo. And Lori McDonald McDonald. at Mark's Beer Garden for the Howling Coyote Tour. Yes. And I'm looking forward to that. Jim's an old friend. Yeah. And I just adore Lori. She's amazing. Now, have you done that tour that he does through Northern California? No. I've never gone to California with him. But many years ago, 10, 12 years ago, um, I used to play with him quite a bit. And we'd go up to Flagstaff and that kind of stuff. Gotcha. He does uh, that Howling Coyote tour. But I never did the the California one. Uh, Nice. So... You get to pull out your wish list. Money's no object. Who are you going to have on your stage here at the Birdcage? Who would you love to have? This actually could happen. Ah! <laughs> this, this could happen. It's not because I have a wish list. We're thinking about once or twice a year trying to get somebody on the level of like a Todd Snyder yeah. or a Ray Wiley Hubbard, you know, like, and, and call it Customer Appreciation Day, ah. where we overpay like crazy for a bad. <laughs> Lose our shirts because we we never have a cover at the birdcage, but have something really interesting that yeah. people will want to come. Me, I would love to have Greg Brown, Chris Smithers, people like that. I I like Very that nice. jazzy folk music kind of stuff. Very nice. Well, Dave, I want to thank you for sitting down thank and chatting you. with me. We're going to capture some audio of tonight, so you'll get a feeling of what it is that's happening right here on Whiskey Row. Every Wednesday, you know what? Every night out here on Whiskey Row, there's somebody playing some really good music. Uh, above all else, one of the reasons why I started this show was to get out and meet some artists like you, Dave, and others, and to get out and uh, experience what we have to offer in the fo- way of entertainment in this area, Prescott specifically, but all this whole area of the state. So I encourage all of you listeners out there, wherever you happen to be living, 
go out, experience some live music. In my opinion, the smaller venue, the better. Get yes. out there, have some fun. Get out there, support your local musicians, support your local artists, your local comedians, authors, writers, whatever creators are in your town. Go out and support them. Dave Whitley. Thank Whit- you very Dave much. Whitley on Facebook. Yes. Check him out, follow him. And show up at the Birdcage every Wednesday at 7.30 to hear and some I would, of And I would like to emphasize Please. that uh, on Wednesday nights, it is an open mic format. You do not need to be invited. We don't even have to know who you are. Show up Very with your nice. instrument, and we're going to find some room for you. And, uh, and you'll probably get a feature if we like you. Gotcha. Which we will. Exciting stuff happening here on Whiskey Road. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that was it. That was episode number 200 with Dave Whitley over at the Birdcage. So check out Dave each and every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. for uh, for his singer-songwriter showcase. Uh, what a great spot, some great talent right there. Uh, as we had said at the outset, uh, 200, we wanted to do something special, and we've got some things lined up. We've got some live audience shows. We've got some uh, special events over the Prescott Resort that we're going to be doing. We're locked in with a couple of venues right there downtown on Whiskey Row. Again, we just couldn't get, couldn't get all the I's dotted and the T's crossed before we recorded and launched 200, but that's what we're going to do. So we're going to do a special 200th episode uh, late and out of order and uh, and uh, all confused like everything else that I do in my life. So uh, look forward to that. Follow us on Facebook uh, under Mile High Show and uh, also on Twitter and Instagram. All those links are right there at milehighshow.com, right next to that Amazon link where you can do all your online. Look, you're going to shop online anyway. We, we love local businesses. We love local uh, retailers and local shops, but come on, face it, admit it. There's some stuff you just can't get locally. There's some times when you can't get what you need, and that's where Amazon comes in. You click that link at milehighshow.com. It takes you to your Amazon or Amazon Prime login page. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it lets Amazon know you got there through us, and they give us a little kickback. So it's free to you. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it's a big, big, huge help for us. So please use that. Uh, also right there is an Audible link over nearly 200,000 audio titles from books, magazine articles, lectures, comedy, podcasts, all kinds of stuff. They're most well-known for their audio books. But audible.com, use the code MILEHIGH at checkout for your free audio download and a free 30-day subscription, all for free, even if you cancel before your 30-day subscription's up, your free trial's up, you still get to keep that free Audible download. It's a win-win. It's free to you. They give us some money for sending you. Just do it. It's free. It's free. You can't miss. Uh, you got a pet? You got a pet at home? One of your furry friends, use that BarkBox link. It takes you to BarkBox where you get a free month of treats just by using that link. All this free stuff, It's you can't afford not to support the show. You see that? 
Support the show. Support the artists we see, we talk with, and we highlight, as well as uh, keeping me from having to go to your house and borrow money. So use those links, Audible, BarkBox, and Amazon, right there at milehighshow.com. Also right there is a support the show page. If you were so inclined, you can click on that and donate right out of your PayPal account, out of your you know, your, your, your debit or credit card, give us a dollar, give us $5, give us, you know, there's no max. You can give as much as you want, but give us a little something, little, 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 little something to show us your support. We would appreciate it. And if you do so, we'll send you out a little treat. We got some new stickers. We've got some coffee mugs. There's some ways you can support the show right there at support the show's link. And it tells you how to get those, but uh, you know what? Drop us anything. You drop us any any, no matter how small, any donation through that support the show, donate button, I'll send you out a sticker. Anything, any, give us a dollar, I'll send you a sticker. So uh, do that. What else? Oh, uh, uh, the, uh, this is absolutely free. It takes you like two minutes to do. Click that iTunes link and you can uh, give us a rating and a review. It boosts our visibility so that we can get more listeners and uh, just give us a little. I don't even care if you say you hate the show. We had one. I just posted it the other day. Guy says, it's an old buddy of mine from California, Mr. Bobby Garcia. He says, I listen to your podcast and it puts me to sleep. So I am curing insomnia uh, just by listening to the show. I don't care what you give, what you, what you do. Give us a rating and a review. Just any kind of interaction there will give us a help. So thanks again. Thanks to the Birdcage. Thanks to uh, Dave Whitley and his singer-songwriter showcase. And thank you to you, all of you listeners, for continuing to support the show. Going down to that Greyhound station Gonna find a ticket to ride Gonna look for that lady Who's got the two or three kids And sit down by her side Gonna ride till the sun Comes up and down around About two or three times Smoking cigarettes in the backseat We're trying to hide ourselves From the people that we meet And get along with it all However people say all Read the pages and clay Turn the night into day Start dreaming again When there's something to say 